Welcome back to another edition of a Yeah Guys podcast. I'm your host, Aram, and I am joined with Tony, Parker, and Josh. We got everyone here. Um, let's start with week 12 for college football. Let's get right into it. Um, pulling up the predictions. I know we had um, a Clemson game in there. So, Josh, we'll start with you. Miami at Clemson. Big win for Clemson. Yeah, I think this is a 40 to 10 win. And it's uh, kind of surprising that a, a 30 point win can almost feel uh, disappointing. Uh, I think they scored one touchdown late to expand the lead, make it look a little nicer than it was. Um, but, uh, I mean, nice to see that it, it seems like they're, they're starting to click a little bit more offensively. Uh, defense had a had an outstanding performance. I think, uh, I think Miami had negative yards in the first quarter. They finished with 98 total yards on the game. So, uh, Hard to complain when your defense holds a team under 100 yards total. Uh, and then again, like I said, offense, I mean, they put up 40. Uh, you can argue some of it was garbage time. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was uh, promising as well, I'd say. DJ looks like he's he's getting better at using his legs. Um, so, uh, overall, I'd say a, a pretty good performance uh, heading into rivalry week. Only thing I – I would like them to, you know, look at or whatever is uh, turnovers. Uh, I think we're negative one on the differential for the season. Uh, I think we had three. Uh, it, I think we might have had three straight drives with turnovers. So uh, I think we're, we're having some issues uh, recently with that. And it seems like when it rains, it pours. So uh, hopefully they can uh, they can tidy that up a little bit. But uh yeah, so I mean, so far so good. Like, we know what situation we're in now. We have to win out for a chance at the playoffs, and it's it feels like it's a long shot, regardless. So, uh, got to keep the foot on the gas here to close out the season. Yeah, some uh, high stakes coming up here, but um, just moving on to uh, the week itself. And before I get started, people called this a cupcake week. Uh, just because of all the games that went on. And if you look at the results, I mean, there were some close games and even some upsets. So we'll we'll start with Thursday, Tulane, not an upset. They got the job done 59-24. Uh, but then Saturday, Georgia with a narrow win over Kentucky on the road. Ohio State pulling it out. It got kind of crazy there at the end. But in the fourth quarter, uh, they pulled away 43-30. Michigan kind of avoids a scare there at home. They do lose their running back. I'm not sure what the status is, Tony, if you have an update on that a little later. But uh, they come up with a narrow victory, a field goal to win the game, 19 to 17. Uh, and then TCU, um, incredible game to watch. Um, it came down literally to the last seconds. Uh, they win by a field goal against Baylor, who played them tough, but uh, weren't able to pull the upset at home. Uh, South Carolina, they were able to pull up the upset uh, on Tennessee at home, 63 to 38. Uh, they'll be playing in a big game next week. Um, LSU gets the job done. USC kind of uh, shocks the world they kind of we talked about the over under being I think around 70 75 and I mean this game just lived up to those standards USC coming up on top um, on the road 48 to 45 um, and Alabama taking care of business with a shutout at home uh, like we just said Clemson 40 to 10 Oregon with a big win against Utah kind of keeping it close but 20 to 17 at home uh, Penn State winning big on the road. North Carolina, yeah, North Carolina taking an L at home against Georgia Tech, twenty-one to seventeen. Uh, that's going to put a hit into their playoff hopes, I bet. Um, Arkansas with a win at home, upsetting Ole Miss, forty-two to twenty-seven. 
uh, Kansas State on the road, getting the job done. Uh, Washington as well at home, getting the job done 54 to 7. Notre Dame with a shutout on Boston College, 44 to 0. Florida State with a big win. And uh, UCF actually falling to Navy at home, uh, 17 to 14. Um, and then Oklahoma getting the home upset against Oklahoma State, uh, 28 to 13. Uh, that was quite interesting uh, just to watch their offense explode in the first quarter and not score another point throughout the rest of the game. Uh, but it was enough. So 28 to 13. Uh, and then Oregon State on the road, 31-7. Louisville um, upsetting NC State at home, 25-10. to And we end it with Cincinnati getting the road victory over Temple, 23-3. to um, So, Tony, with that being said, did you have any overall thoughts on the week? Uh, definitely. Uh, I think um, my, my, my first takeaway is uh, that USC-UCLA game was absolutely amazing. I, uh, I watched it, and uh, that was just so cool. Um, to see them go back and forth battling like that. Um, it, it really did seem like whoever punted first was going to lose. And then, of course, USC punts. UCLA has a chance to win it. And they come up uh, – or US, USC comes up with an interception there late. Um, great performance by both quarterbacks, I would say. I think uh, Caleb Williams set the series record for most passing yards in a game between UCLA and USC. Um, UCF really disappointing loss for them. I think last week they beat Tulane to kind of get the inside track on the, uh, I think the American athletic conference championship and they, uh, it all goes for not this week. They lose at home to Navy. Um, as you, as you mentioned, Michigan, um, pulling out one there, uh, Illinois quarterback or running back that we talked about earlier, uh, Chase Brown, he was able to play, had an electric game. Uh, 29 carries for 140 yards, two touchdowns. Basically, he was their offense. Um, just couldn't quite uh, hold on there late. Um, I was impressed with Notre Dame as well. I thought I think they. I think we all kind of definitely, to a certain degree, we kind of gave up on them when they were 0-2. Um, I think we all respected that they had some talent, but I mean to be now nine and two is uh, or eight and two is very very impressive a shutout win of 44 to nothing at home uh, against Boston college. Really, really impressive. Um, yeah. I would say those are my big takeaways for this week. Nice. Yeah. Uh, piggybacking a little bit off of that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Caleb Williams now has the uh, highest or I guess lowest, however you want to look at it, the best odds to win the Heisman after that USC UCLA game. So I think that was pretty interesting. And then I think the takeaway for me from this past weekend was uh, a lot of top 10 games coming down to the wire. We saw a lot of top 10 teams struggle this week. You know, TCU, it was it was right. set up as a Clemson fan, you know, like TCU <laughs> is struggling. USC is in a nail biter. Michigan has their moments once their running back went down, you know, Ohio State. He, uh, they were in a relatively close game, I think. And then Georgia only beats Kentucky by 10 or so. So a lot of close games in the top five and then – or top 10. And speaking of the top 10, you had LSU playing UAB, and I think Alabama played Austin Pay, P, however you say it. Like, I think that's ridiculous that – these are the caliber of teams that you're playing 
like the next to last week of the season. Like I, I try to rationalize it from an outsider's perspective because, you know, maybe they're, they want an easy week because they want to, to really prep for their, their rivalry game. And so maybe that's the reasoning for it. But like, why are you, why are you playing this caliber of teams in week 11 or week 10, whatever it is? You know, it's like, I, I get it. Like Clemson plays, you know, Troy and Furman and whoever else early, like, but at least it's early in the season, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be the old man, you know, yelling, get off my lawn, that guy, but like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Austin Bay and UAB in, you know, 10 weeks in, I, I don't know. That's interesting to me, but yeah, that's, that's my thoughts from the weekend. Yeah. You uh, make some good points and, um, kind of going off of uh, what you were saying, Tony, about Caleb Williams and USC. Uh, just if you look at arm talent, I was just watching Caleb Williams, and I think this guy, this guy has it. I know a lot of people have them on top of their their boards uh, for quarterbacks coming out of the draft, but um, whoever gets him is going to get a guy that has serious arm talent. May have issues with accuracy here and there, but who doesn't coming out of the draft? So um, I mean, he's just going to be a fun player to watch um, developing through an NFL system and. I don't know. He reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if there's ever going to be another Patrick Mahomes, but if if I were to model somebody around Patrick Mahomes, I would take the mold of Caleb Williams and we'd be starting off pretty well there. So um, I'm excited to watch Caleb Williams. He's fun to watch and they got a really good road win. Um, and with that being said, we can kind of go over the picks. Uh, Josh, you may want to close your ears on this one. Parker, you uh, had 3.5. Josh, you had 0.5. Um, and Tony, me and you had 3.5 as well. So, um, Josh. sorry, Josh, not the strongest effort, but it's, it's, it's time. impressive to be that wrong. It's impressive. <laughs> it My is. only it points is. came from a tie. That's, <laughs> it's just as impressive to be completely wrong as it is to be completely right. Right. Yeah. But uh, like you said, we have a couple <laughs> more weeks to write this ship here. And I think we're going to be predicting even the playoffs. So we still got a lot of time to, mm -hmm. to write our picks and everything. So uh, we'll get right into it. Um, actually, Tony, before we get into it, we'll uh, let you take it away with any news headlines or injuries that you may have. Definitely. So uh, first of all, I'll hit on that. I just looked it up. Uh, Quorum, the, Running back for Michigan, uh, he was doing his annual Thanksgiving turkey handout uh, this year, and he did say, uh, I'll be fine, I'll be back, end quote. So I, I'm pretty sure he's ready to go for Saturday. Um, and other news, uh, I guess it's not really real, but uh, EA Sports did announce today that they are going to be pushing back their football game just a little bit till uh, the summer of 2024 um basically they kind of are using your typical where we want to make sure the game is uh it it surpasses the players expectations so we'll see um uh, but uh, i mean i'm so excited but yeah it sucks that we got to wait another year um also be uh banking off of last week um virginia and virginia tech have canceled their week uh 13 game in the wake of the shootings um I also a uh, really cool moment this past weekend, uh, Virginia Tech played Liberty. Uh, Virginia Tech wore their orange jerseys. Liberty wore their Navy jerseys. So it kind of looked like the Navy and orange color or the, yeah, the Navy and orange colors that Virginia is. Um, so there's that. 
Um, Shane Lyons the other week, uh, actually just about over a week ago, was released as the West Virginia athletic director. He will be back uh, and has been rehired by Alabama. Um, he was their athletic director from 2011 to 2015, and we all know how great they were during that five-year stretch. So uh, we'll see how that happens. Um, and then in some small news, uh, Ed McCaffrey will not return as Northern Colorado's coach. Uh, in two seasons, he's gone 6-16, six and 16, so he's definitely uh, getting the boot. Um, so that's really the only news. Um, if you want me to hit the um, rankings, we can, or if you want to wait a little bit, we can do that too. No, you can go ahead with the rankings. I think they just came out, didn't they? They did. Uh, so we have no changes at the top four again. It is still Georgia. Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, uh, LSU up one spot uh, after their their win against UAB, as Josh mentioned, uh, kind of interesting there. Um, USC at six, Alabama at seven, Clemson at eight, Oregon up three spots to nine with their big win last week, and then Tennessee drops from fifth to tenth after that big loss. Um, to South Carolina. Uh, some other notable jumps, uh, Kansas State up three spots to 12, Washington up four spots to 13, uh, Utah drops four spots after that loss to Oregon to 14th, Notre, Dame's, Notre Dame is up to 15th again, so that's really crazy. They went from 0-2 unranked to back to 15 um, at now 8-3. and uh, Florida State up three spots to 16th, um, North Carolina drops four spots to uh, 17th with that tough road or that tough home loss. Very embarrassing. Uh, UCLA only drops two spots with a close loss. Um, let's see. Tulane is up two spots to 19. Ole Miss drops six spots to 20th. Uh, and then really the only other interesting things are Texas is back being ranked. And at uh, 23, and uh, Louisville is up to 25 after their upset win again. Basically, they flip-flopped with uh, NC State. So that's really the uh, the rankings, at least playoffs. Yeah, that's uh, those are some interesting ones, especially Notre Dame. I mean, I had written them off a long time ago, and they're back from the dead. So it's kind of good to see the revival um, of their, their program this year after a tough start. But uh, we'll get right into the picks. Um, week 13, the first game we have is a pretty good one. 19th ranked Tulane at 24 Cincinnati. Um, the line right now is Cincinnati by two at home, Parker. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to take uh, uh, the home uh, Cincinnati team in this one. Oh, boy. Starting off strong for me. Uh, I'm going the opposite <laughs> way in this one. Um, uh, Tulane is 9-2 and two against the spread. So I'm going to play the odds on this one, and I'll I'll take them on the road. Very interesting. Uh, I think I will go – I'm going to go Cincinnati on this one. I just think that they've been there before, and this is a big home game for them coming down the stretch. So I'll, go, I'll say Cincinnati minus two. Uh, how about you, Aram? Yeah, it looks like we're going to be kind of split. I'm going with Josh. I'm going to take Tulane nice. here to cover that. Uh, they've had kind of a really nice season, and maybe they, they get a magical win at home, but uh, we'll see. Um, next up, we have NC State, uh, and they're no longer ranked. So these rankings that I put up uh, before the podcast, they're not right. Uh, but uh, NC State 
unranked traveling to 17th North Carolina. Um, and right now UNC is favored to win by six and a half. Parker. Yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, UNC um, in this one. Minus six and a half. Yeah, I also like North Carolina in this one. I feel like this uh, maybe maybe Georgia Tech ended up getting overlooked, and that was an abnormal game for them. So I'll take UNC to bounce back. Amen. Uh, yeah, it was really weird to see that North Carolina de- or, uh, offense really, really struggle. I mean, not scoring a point after that 17-point lead. So I'll take North Carolina in redemption, uh, minus six and a half as well. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think they got a really good quarterback and they can win games. So um, I'm taking them here. Uh, this is just setting up to be one of the best games of the week. If not, hopefully we get the best game of the year. Third-ranked Michigan traveling to second-ranked Ohio State. I'm surprised this is not a, in prime time, and they're keeping this at 11 a.m., but um, it is what it is. Great game, Parker. OSU is favored to win by seven and a half at home. To me, this seems like a very large spread for a two-and-three game, which makes me very skeptical of picking Ohio State, but um, I'm just going to go ahead and pick Ohio State uh, minus the seven-and-a-half. Yeah, I'm also going to take Ohio State minus seven and a half on this one. Would like I'd love it a lot more if I could get them at minus seven. But uh, this one largely to me comes down to whether or not Michigan is going to have their, their running back or not. Uh, and so that makes it a little tricky for me to say confidently. But you know, I'll, for now, yeah, I'll take Ohio State minus seven and a half. Definitely. Uh, Aram, to answer your question too, this, the reason unfortunately why this isn't a uh, primetime game is like historically they always have this, this matchup always be like a day game. Uh, I don't think, I think the last time they did a uh, night game was when it was one versus two in 2006, but that was like very rare occasion. So uh, I think we all know who I'm going to pick. Uh, the Ohio State. Oh, I owe uh, minus seven and a half at home. I'll take them. Go Bucks. How about you, Ron? <laughs> I, I, I want to take Ohio State to win the game, but I think Michigan covers the spread. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take Michigan with the points, but I think Ohio State wins it. Um, right. I could be wrong on that, but we'll see. Um, next up, Josh, we have your Clemson Tigers hosting South Carolina. Parker, um, Clemson is favored to win by 14 and a half at home. Well, um, I'm just going to go ahead and take Josh's uh, Clemson team uh, minus the 14 and a half. I don't know. I, I know it's like a rivalry game and everything like that, but uh, I just feel like Clemson's a, a, a better team. But Spencer Rattler's been looking good, so I don't know. I feel like I should wait for Josh to pick before I make my choice. We all know. <laughs> I got you, yeah. So the Tennessee game really threw things off for – my expectations, along with a lot of uh, a lot of Clemson and South Carolina fans, I think. Uh, I don't think anybody really expected that one coming. There's rumors within South Carolina that, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler himself helped game plan for the week or uh, they had a different coordinator or a different play caller than Satterfield because the offense, like, they've put up – you know, 50-something or whatever, but it's been on, like, the UNC Charlottes and the SC States. Like, to hang 63 on Tennessee, that's that's different. Their offense looked different. So, 
I think it'll be interesting to have to, to game plan for that. You know, Clemson's looking to uh, extend the the streak to eight straight wins, which I think would set a record for the longest streak in uh, rivalry history. Uh, they it probably could have already done it had it not been for the COVID year. But uh, interesting fun fact for you in this game. This is a noon game for Clemson as well. South Carolina this season is seven and four. They are seven and zero oh in night games and zero oh and four in day games. <laughs> so the fact that this is a noon game uh, helps me a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> that team we saw last week again looked like a different team from the rest of the season. So it's tough. Uh, just because it's a rivalry game, I'll say that it stays within the fourteen and a half, but. Uh, I, I'm taking Clemson to win, but not cover. I would really love it if we did, though. I'd love to be wrong on this one. Great. Yes, we all know you and uh, Clemson to win 70 to 10 or 70 to I nothing. I would love it. I would love it. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll try to send updates. Definitely. I can't wait. Uh, I'll take Clemson as well. Um, I will take Josh's route as well. I just think South Carolina is going to come in with a little bit of momentum and it'll make the game a little bit interesting. But I tell you by the end, DJ and that Clemson offense is going to be counting, counting all them touchdowns. Um, a lot so of push-ups take, for the Tiger this weekend. Oh, yeah. Is that what we're counting on? I, I, For your sake, I hope so. And I, I think for my sake too, because I'm picking them. So I'll take, uh, I'll take Clemson to win, but South Carolina plus 14 and a half just to, because I, I I feel like they'll keep it close. How about you, Ron? Yeah, and Parker, are you still sticking with Clemson? Covering? I'm going to stick with uh, South Carolina uh, plus the 14 and a half, but I'm, I'm okay. picking Clemson to win this game. Man, I'm, I'm going to be opposite. I'm going to take Clemson to cover the, the spread, I think. I mean, they have that, they have that uh, long winning streak at home. Um, and that, well, They do have 40, 40 straight at home, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. South Carolina is just tricky, man. Like I said, they blew out Tennessee at home. And the week before that, didn't even score a touchdown against Florida, I don't think. You know, got embarrassed, you know, blew not blew out, but, you know, beat pretty bad by Florida. So it's like – and Florida lost to Vandy. So it's like yeah. which, what South Carolina team shows up, you know, it's – I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you prepare for South Carolina. You don't know what team you're going to get any any given weekend. But mm-hmm. hopefully we can pull it out. Yeah, and that stat about the day game versus night game for uh, South Carolina is crazy. So I'm getting kind of spooked about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to take clubs to win big at home. Um, but, yeah, it should be a good game. Uh, moving on, we have ninth-ranked Oregon traveling to Oregon State, the Battle of the Oregons. Um, and Oregon is favored to win by three on the road, Parker. Yeah, I think I'm going to take um, Oregon um, on the road, uh, minus three. Yeah, uh, Oregon State is tied with Tulane for the best cover percentage in college football. They're also nine and two. So uh, I'm I'm going to take uh, Oregon State in this one. Wow. Definitely. Uh, originally known as the Civil War. Um, it's not called that, unfortunately, anymore. But um, special season for Oregon State. I think Oregon's just a little bit better, though. I'll take Oregon to cover the minus three. How about you, Rome? Yeah, I'm taking Oregon to cover as well. But that line is kind of 
freaking me out a bit. I think maybe right. they think Oregon well, State has a chance to pull something out, um, even though they do have Oregon favored to win. But yeah, I'll take I'll take Oregon uh, on the road. Um, moving on to the last game of the week should be a good one. I mean, based off what we saw last week, we have let's see, I don't have the <laughs> the numbers anymore, but I, I think it was it was Notre Dame at USC. Versus so six. 15 versus six. Yep. 15. Yes. Oh, there, there you go. Which, yeah, by the way, side note, USC should 100% be ranked five over LSU, in my opinion. But that's just me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, USC is favored to win by five and a half at home against Notre Dame Parker. You know, honestly, Josh, I think you could make an argument even that they could be ranked over TCU, even though they are undefeated. But I, I still think that they're a better team than TCU is. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, that's going to go. I'm I'm picking USC to win this game um, around whatever the spread is. Uh, I, I pick them to win it. Yeah, yeah. I'm also going to take USC to cover in this one. I think uh, Caleb Williams – Heisman campaign continues here, but, you know, as we did mention, it is impressive to see, uh, you know, Notre Dame starts off with a loss to a close loss to Ohio state for the most part. And then the really bad loss to like Marshall, I think it was, uh, yeah, but then, yeah. you know, they kind of found their identity as the season went on. So, uh, I, you know, like I've said, you know, running the ball and defense travels and Notre Dame developed an identity. So, it could be a, a tough one, but I like USC here. The real USC, sorry. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, branching off of what Josh says, I, I think uh, Notre Dame's really special and and what they've been able to do, 8-1 and one in their last nine games. But I think a quarterback like Caleb Williams will end that streak and, and give them their fourth loss. So I'll take uh, USC at home as well, minus five and a half. How about you, Rome? Yeah, I am going to take USC as well. Uh, so it looks like we got a yeah, guys, sweep. Uh, that's going to do it for college football. Let's hop right over to the NFL action. We'll start um, back to week 11, um, where the Packers got defeated at home on Thursday night against Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, fun game to watch, but the Packers just couldn't pull it out. Um, next up, Parker will stop right here. The Bears on the road couldn't get the job done 27-24. Again, still some things that you probably like to see, huh? Hmm? Still some things you probably like to see on the field, huh? With uh, Justin Fields and some of the other talent around him. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely, you know, wish for a better performance. But um, if we had scored any more points, that means that we would have won this game. So um, thank God we didn't win this game. We now have the third pick in the draft uh, if the season were to end today. So, um, to me, um, I think we should just re just rest Fields the rest of the year. And uh, we know what we've got in him. Yeah, we'd like to see the reps, but is it worth getting the guy killed out there? Absolutely not. And um, it's it's fine to 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 lose these these kind of games. I know we'd like to see them win, uh, but those those are for next year. Um, it's it's nice to see a, a young quarterback, you know, kind of, you know, win these games in the fourth quarter. But we just don't have the team to to compete against the elite team. So uh, to me, it's it's nice to lose, you know, tanking for whoever, uh, hopefully JSN. But um, that's just a pipe dream, I, I think, for me. But um, 
Definitely a, a good game. Uh, Cordell Patterson, nice uh, punt or kick return right up the middle. He broke the all-time record for punt or kick returns, so that was kind of cool to see against his former team in Chicago. So um, David Montgomery also had an, a solid outing, um, a, a touchdown. Fields, here's some some stats for you. Fields, um, fifth in rushing in the league with 834 rushing yards. That is absolutely insane to me, uh, our starting quarterback. Fifth in the league in rushing touchdowns as well with seven. Um, so, I mean, those are some elite uh, numbers for, you know, a, a quarterback to have rushing the ball. Um, also, I want to say Jack Sanborn, again, led the team in tackles on defense. So uh, we're seeing a young guy come in, undrafted free agent, uh, making some good plays out there. Um, and, you know, my honest opinion, Fields, uh, very gassed um, after the last two games, running the ball so many times. I mean, the guy had uh, has the most rushing yards in the, the span of five games in the history of the league. And, you know, you could definitely tell he was grabbing at his hamstrings a lot. Um, you know, definitely was gassed, very tired. Um, but other than that, um, I think we we definitely need to see our offensive line playing a little bit better. Uh, guys just, you know, getting ran past right away. Uh, Fields is getting killed out there. I think he got sacked five times. So I uh, just would, would like to see the, the execution be better. But um, like I said before, if we – if we score any more points in this game, we possibly take it to overtime or win this game, which is uh, actually counterproductive uh, for our season th thus far. So uh, just a, a nice, you know, uh, loss for, for our season. Another, another top three loss uh, um, of the season. Justin Fields looked pretty good. Darnell Mooney looked pretty good. You know, what could you ask for? Justin Fields did get hurt though. So, that's why I say we can, you know, I'll talk about it in the news of the week, but uh, he is um, a little dinged up right now. Yeah, uh, we'll see what his status is like going into next week, but I'm sure um, you kind of want to just take it easy with him because he's your guy and he's going to be your guy next season. You don't want to do anything too drastic and put him out there, but uh, we'll see. But uh, moving on, we had the Bills and Browns play in uh, Ford Field. And funny enough, the Browns going to win and they'll have to be right back. Uh, into Ford Field for Thanksgiving, but uh, they get the win 31-23 against the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Colts kind of had something going, but uh, the they did just stop producing on offense. They weren't able to get another touchdown after the first quarter, but the Eagles um, were able to produce 14 points in the fourth quarter and win the game 17-16 on the road against the Colts. The Patriots with a last-second punt return touchdown against the Jets, 10-3. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of storylines there, Parker. Uh, for Zach Wilson, we can go over it a little later, but um, the Saints uh, with a win over the lifeless Rams, 27-20, Matthew Stafford leaving the game again. Um, but I think the same injury, head injury or concussion, something like that, but um, we'll see how his status is going into next week. Uh, the Lions, impressive road win against the Giants, 31-18. to Giants are kind of slipping off a little bit, but I don't know if that's them or the Lions, you know, getting their third straight win, um, but uh, they look impressive. 31-18 on the road. Uh, the Ravens beat up on the Panthers 13-3. Commanders on the road against the Texans 23-10. Uh, the Raiders 22-16 uh, against the Broncos. Um, that's, oof, don't want to be in that organization. That's just, that's rough. Um, both three and seven now the Raiders and the Broncos are. So that's, that's just crazy to think about. Uh, the Bengals on the road get the job done 37-30. to The Chiefs, they stay 
just elite Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, everybody 30 to 27 uh, against the Chargers. And then we have the 49ers 38 to 10. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? Is there a game I forgot? We skipped a game. Is we there a game I forgot? Uh, <laughs> hmm. I don't remember. There was there another. All oh, right. I mean, I did watch a Dallas practice that was aired on TV for some reason, but well, uh, not the whole thing. You know, they cut it off. Yeah, oh, they did. They did. That's right. They, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. A little bit more. Yeah. So we got to stay honest here. Okay. I'm on ESPN, right? And the Vikings are my favorite team on this site. So they were the first team I saw on the schedule. And I just kept going down and didn't even recognize it. We will stop <laughs> at the three o'clock games real quickly to talk about the Cowboys and the Vikings. Not much to talk about, really. I mean, I could point out all the things that went wrong and it would probably all be centered around the trenches. We got dominated. Our offensive line got absolutely killed. There was a stat out there that um, when Mahomes played in that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, he was pressured, I think, 30% of his dropbacks, 35 to 36%. And Kirk Cousins almost doubled that percentage on Sunday against the Cowboys. I think he was pressured around 62% of his snaps. Um, <laughs> they got absolutely dominated. And it started after, I mean, it. I mean, Christian Darisaw, he gave up a sack. But even after that, they just kept eating up Minnesota's offensive line. I couldn't even tell you how it happened. It just seemed like they had, I don't even know. I, it's hard to tell you how it happened they just slipped by our offensive line almost every single down it's like i'm shaking before every single play because you know something's <laughs> bad something bad's gonna happen they're gonna get through it's kirk is not mobile that's number one i mean you get kirk blitzed and he, he's not going to be able to do anything and we want to flip it on the other side of the ball the vikings could stop a nosebleed they couldn't stop the run um they couldn't get to the dak i mean if you look at the difference in uh defensive line play the Cowboys were getting to the Vikings and I would say two to three seconds and the Vikings couldn't even get to Dak once I think he was pressured maybe once or twice and that's I mean that's just a recipe for losing a game so um I don't know what to think about it because that's probably the only time we've seen that this year other than um the Eagles on Monday night but um they're gonna have to respond they're gonna have to respond big time and I have a prediction about the game we'll go into that a little later but um, it's not looking good if they can, if you have a team like Dallas coming into your home and producing this much pressure on an offensive line, I don't really know how you scheme around that, but, uh, there are things you can do. I just hope that they can do them next week, but just an absolute beat down 40 to three. Um, I believe it was the Minnesota's like second worst loss in franchise history. I believe home, I think, home history. yeah. Or something like At that. U.S. Bank, yes, it was the biggest loss in U.S. Bank for sure. Um, and I think you're right about. Uh, I think it was the biggest loss they've ever occurred at home of all time. Um, so that's. Uh, it's just coming out of nowhere. I don't know. We just didn't show up. Offensive line, they were atrocious. Blake Brandel was not able to do anything. Um, so I mean, it's just another game. I guess the second game of the year where you can crumple the paper, throw it away, and move on. Because, I mean, I just don't know what team I was watching. Um, it was just not us. And, and giving Dallas some credit, they do have good players. They have great players. But the score should not have been 40-3. to three. Um, They have a great team, and I think they're contenders at this point. But that's not an excuse for the team I root for. They should have played better and at least made this a game, and they didn't. 
uh, and they looked really, really vulnerable. So um, the Vikings are a good team. Are they a great team? No. Are they going to beat the teams like the Eagles or the Cowboys? No, but somehow they beat the Bills. That's whatever. Um, so, yeah, they're not a great team. They're a good team. I don't see them making that deep of a push, probably because of these trenches issues. We don't have those. We don't have that depth that other teams, other good teams do um, on the defensive line and offensive line. And that kind of showed uh, last Sunday. So uh, enough of that. Uh, 43, Dallas takes the win. And um, so our picks, we'll start with Parker. You had seven and a half and the rest of us, we had six and a half. So Parker, you take the W on the week. Um, and I'll just leave yeah. it with you for any news headlines or injuries. Well, I would just like to go back just a little bit, not not to talk about Minnesota at all, but just to talk about Tony Pollard and just how electric that this man looks uh, week in and week out. And I mean, if you're Dallas, I almost Play him would over want Zeke. to bring this guy back. Bring this guy back. I mean, why not have Zeke and him back there together? From what from what I've seen, when they're both back there together, they're both getting 15, tar, you know, carries a game. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna stop them? If their defense plays like that, if if Micah Parsons plays like that, if they can can you know shut guys down like that, who's gonna beat them? I mean that that was an incredible performance. Um, but just going um, um over some of the uh, the other news, I'd just like to say um another beatdown game that kind of isn't getting recognized as much as San Francisco versus Arizona, just a total beat down in that game as well. 38 to 10. Um, uh, San Francisco right there. Yeah. San Francisco looking really good right now, but we'll go over to some of the news. Um, Melvin Gordon, uh, he got cut following the game um, on Sunday. Uh, kind of a weird cut um, over a he fumbled fumble in the red zone. Yeah. He's had some fumbling problems. I know, but um, it just seems a very weird time to cut a player um, this far into the season, especially when your team is three and seven. I mean, is this guy really hurting your team that much? Um, I don't know. But also, uh, Daryl Henderson uh, got cut as well, or placed on waivers, which is another strange cut to me. Um, a guy that was potentially starting an Aram, he was on your fan. He's on your fantasy team, I believe, or was on your fantasy team. I Maybe you cut him. Maybe you dropped him, but a few weeks ago, I think he was projected to get like nine or something points for your team a few weeks ago. And like, that's just crazy to yeah. see him get cut just a few weeks later. So um, that'll bring us into Fields, who was day to day with, I guess, a shoulder dislocation or some type of soldier shoulder injury um, that he suffered on, in the loss on Sunday. Another um, injury from that game, Kyle Pitts, a torn MCL. He is going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, not to make a joke out of it, but to all the fantasy, his fantasy owners delight because now they don't have to make the choice of starting him or not. Um, Wandel Robinson also out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Um, another uh, kind of open door for Odell to go to the Giants potentially. Also sparking rumors with Dallas. So it's kind of a weird division rival type thing here. Um, Dallas would be the better option to win a ring, I believe. Um, if he wants playing time, I would say probably the Giants, but I think a player like Odell this far in his career probably just wants to 
play in meaningful games and, you know, maybe not play every single snap. So I would probably sign with the, the Dallas Cowboys if I were, if I was him, but, um, and that'll bring us into Stafford's injury. Like you mentioned, Aram, a concussion protocol again. Um, so he is going to probably be out again. Uh, but I mean, their season's pretty much over. I've never seen a team win a Super Bowl and come up this short uh, the season after. I know they lost some players, but there's that's no excuse really um, to be playing the way that they are. Um, Darnold is going to be starting this game against the Denver Broncos. Um, that QB carousel continues in Carolina. It just seems like um, a good quarterback these days is is almost insanely hard to find. Um, it's, it's crazy. They have three guys, two guys drafted inside the top five, um, you know, in the same draft on the same team. And they're both, you know, getting started in and out, in and out. And then some XFL player gets hurt and loses his job or whatever, but just seems like a very strange situation there in Carolina. Um, that'll lead us into the, the second to final uh, news of the week. And that's the Cardinals firing um, their, I believe their run game coordinator, offensive line uh, coach in Mexico for some unnamed incident um, that we don't know about, um, I guess. But um, it sounded like Coach Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was kind of sad that he had to let him go, but it sounded like he needed to do it for some odd reason. But um, that'll lead us into Tony's favorite player, uh, Zach Wilson, not being able to uh, not being committed to as of this far. Uh, Tony, I'm sad to say, but I, I think I hear some meows coming from inside of that chest instead of some barks. And uh, I, I think these moms are, are getting on to him a little bit too much. He's, he's, he's feeling the New York media pressure and uh, the coach is, is getting tired of his antics. And yeah, that's press pretty much all the news that I have for this week. Perfect. Thank you, Parker. Um, yeah, guys, we got some Thanksgiving games, three, three games. But before I wanted to do that, um, I forgot to get your guys' thoughts on the week. Um, Parker, did you want to add anything or should we move on to Josh? Um, I'd just like to say again that Denver, you know, once again, if they score 18 points, they win again. So uh, that's just kind of another funny stat line. I know the game went to overtime, but had they scored 18 points in the actual regulation, they would have won. So that's it just seems kind of silly again that they can – they just – they're both three and seven. You look at the team like the Bears; they're three and seven too. If they play these two teams that were massively hyped in the off season, I mean, I could see the Bears winning against both of those teams right now, and that's just kind of crazy, crazy to me that a team that was projected to get a whopping zero wins on the season is has the same record as a team that were projected to go 12, 13 wins this season. So. How about you, Josh? Yeah, well, uh, bye week for the Dolphins, so, you know, <laughs> nothing too much for us. But I think it was pretty cool, uh, or nice, I guess, uh, that the Patriots ended up pulling off the win over the Jets in a, in a real thriller, 3-3 three to three with 10 seconds left uh, until that, that punt return. But with the Patriots pulling out that win uh, – the Dolphins are currently locked into the one seed in the AFC East, and I believe the two seed in the AFC just behind the Chiefs. So I think that was pretty cool. Uh, real quick, I wanted to throw out that uh, the NFL announced the 
uh, Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award nominees for each team. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. I figured I would just hit the ones for our teams, if that was cool. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, uh, so for the Bears, it's uh, DeAndre Houston Carson. Uh, it's Alec Ingold for the Dolphins. Uh, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. And for the Buccaneers, it's Levante David. So uh, shout out to those guys. All a bunch of stud guys in the community, for sure. That's right. He's a certified stud. Uh, I guess uh, same same with uh, me for or, uh, as Josh uh, bye week for the Bucks. So kind of a it was funny they uh, they put out a tweet this week saying enjoy your stress free weekend. So definitely I uh, didn't worry too much about that. Um, the Commanders I think is uh, one big thing for me. Um, continuing their their little special run there. Uh, it was really cool to see that offense and and Taylor Heineke be able to pull these wins off. Um, as, uh, as Josh was saying to uh, my dad and I were watching the end of the, the Jets Patriots game and it's like three to three is like, Oh man, we're watching this. such a great game. And then the, the kick, uh, the punt return happens. I mean, that was really cool to watch live. Um, and then uh, I guess just another page of uh, Mahomes and Kelsey just working their magic in prime time. I, literally at times not even defendable. Um, and then as Parker mentioned too quick uh, before the, the news that uh, the 49ers offense just looks, oh, I mean, it's, it almost looks like the USC offense where we talk about them having so many weapons at every position. It's almost not like, it's hard to even like feed the ball to everybody, but like everyone still makes their plays usually when they are, uh, are asked to. So really big win for them. Yeah, Tony, I wanted to kind of go off of what you were saying. You uh, took it right out of my mouth. I was I was going to talk about the, the 49ers and I mean, their weapons, like you said, Tony, just watching the game. I mean, the Cardinals, they, they stack the box to stop McCaffrey. And then you have two guys that can win on the outside and then a tight end that can win as well. Debo, Ayuk and Kittle. I mean, who, who are you going to decide to stop? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not a bad quarterback. He's going to get these guys the ball. Is he going to be inaccurate at times? Yeah, but he's been there. He's been in a playoff game. He's won a playoff game on the road. He's been there. He's been in a Super Bowl. They are serious contenders if they can get their defense to play well, and they are uh, under their defensive coordinator, I think, uh, D'Amico Ryan. Uh, Ryan. So, I mean, they're. I think they're going to be the team to beat if it's not going to be Philly. Um, and we've kind of seen Philly take a step down a little bit. Um, so, Dallas two teams in the nice NFC, though. Right, yeah, in Dallas. I would I won't be shocked if we saw a rematch in playoff games uh, from last year with uh Dallas and the 49ers playing each other again. That would be an unreal matchup. Um I think yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan would be able to to kind of stifle that Cowboys defense, but the Cowboys defense is good. Um so maybe yeah. a game if they play. I've got a hot yeah. take for you guys. I Ooh. I don't know if, if San Francisco is gonna be rolling with Trey Lance after this season. Good point. I mean, how could you? That was their plan this year, and it just didn't. I mean, I uh, the sample size is so. I know he only played a game and a half, but in the game and a half, I mean, since Jimmy Garoppolo has been back, this team has looked way better. I, I mean, I know there's been games where like they've lost players, whatever, but since since he's taken over and they've got Christian McCaffrey back, they've looked like a star team. Yeah, we'll see where this year takes them because I think that's going to be a big indicator. If they make another Super Bowl, I think they stick with Jimmy. If they lose in the playoffs or they miss it entirely, right? I mean, 
I don't know. I mentioned it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Like, it's it's weird to me now because you see the success they have with Jimmy G. And it's like, why did we ever stray from this in the playoffs? You know, like, he, or, or in the first place. You know, like, why did we stray? From, he's gotten us to the playoffs. He's gotten us to a Super Bowl, you know? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get And they traded, I mean, maybe because how many picks they had invested in the Lance, they figured at some point. Well, they um, drafted the quarterback, too. I mean, I think, honestly, the best thing they should have done is just rolled with Jimmy G in the first place. And if anything, you let Trey Lance sit for a year or two and learn in the system. All I'm saying, you guys, is if if the Jets took fields or the San Francisco 49ers took fields, I think we're looking at two teams that are are – very high contenders at this thus far into Fields' career, whether he was on the Jets last year or on the 49ers, you know, last year and this year. If Fields is starting for the 49ers with Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel, oh, my God, you guys. Oh, my God. That's just insane to me just to think about that. But now your Bears got him, so put a little smile on <laughs> But the Bears, Bears got him. Poor guy. Still out on Trey Lance. Poor guy. Maybe, maybe Trey turns out to be that guy and will look like fools, but who knows? Mm-hmm. In that system, anybody could. I don't want to. I mean, that's too kind of. That's kind of superficial to say anyone could look good. But I mean, you got a guy that has weapons like Trey Lance. He's gonna. He can look really good in that offense once he gets comfortable. And it took Fields a little bit to get comfortable too. And I mean, he didn't start off running for this many yards. I mean, he's a Superstar right but, now in the beginning. But also, I do want to throw something out also. Fields in college, Tony can agree, was not a runner. He barely ran in, in college. He was a star passer. This guy had an arm. He was known for passing. That's why when people say he's a running back, it, it's almost like they're casual fans because in, in college, this guy was known for passing the ball, not for running the ball. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's, he's added that to his game. I mean, it's – what are you going to stop his arm or his legs? And that's what makes him so, so good. And I know I he, he missed a few throws on, on Sunday, but. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll, you'll take his good performances over his uh, mistakes here and there. Um, so yeah, moving on. I mean, yeah, I think I gave you guys my overall thoughts. So we'll just move in uh, to week 12. Um, we're already at the Thanksgiving games. So happy Thanksgiving to you boys. Uh, we'll start with the 1130 game. Like we usually do with Detroit. They are hosting the Buffalo Bills. A little bit more of an interesting game now since the Lions have won three straight. They're four and six. They host Buffalo back back in town. Buffalo is, um, and they're nine and a half point favorites on the road, Parker, to start Thanksgiving. Yeah, in um, Buffalo, New Buffalo, uh, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> like it. Buffalo is going to be winning this game, I think. I think uh, Detroit – they beat the the other team from New York, but I think this this team from New York is a little bit better, so I, I think they'll cover the nine and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm with Parker on this one actually. I, I like the I like the Bills to cover here. All right, I didn't take any cough medicine before this, I promise. But you know what? Turkey Day miracle. Lions <laughs> plus nine and a half. Get the dove at home. Get the oh, turkey yeah. out. I'm picking the Lions. <laughs> but you Bills fans will be a mess if they lose yeah. to the Lions. Yeah, for sure. They'll, they'll have to they probably won't even eat at that point. <laughs> that later that night they're just gonna be soaking. But um 
I don't know. Do you guys know the jersey matchup? I'm always curious to see what the jerseys the Lions are going to wear. Are they going to wear their throwbacks? Like I'm guessing they're probably going to wear their throw their throwbacks, and I'm guessing Buffalo is probably just going to wear like all white. Their whites, yeah, should be a, a fun uh, matchup, especially in the morning when uh, you're get you know, you're not you're not working, you're just watching football. Those are the best times, man. For real, I can't wait for this one. <laughs> dude. I, I put a smile on my face. I always look back at these days. Trust me, my smile is going to end at 7 p.m. I tell you that. Um, <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking the bills. I'm taking the bills. Uh, next up, we have the Giants. Good game. Again, Giants traveling to Dallas. And Dallas, they're nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Should be a great game. I guess whoever wins this gets Odell, I assume, maybe. Yeah, Odell strikes here. Yeah, and also another cool jersey matchup. Dallas wearing their – going to be wearing – debuting their white helmets uh, which mixed with their Ooh. white jerseys. Be a sick jersey matchup. I hope New York wears their um, throwbacks as well. That would oh, be a nice yes. touch uh, yes, uh, to is. it. Their, 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 their blue throwbacks, that would be a nice touch uh, to this game. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the rumbling, stumbling, not not stumbling, the rumbling, not stumbling Dallas Cowboys um, uh, plus whatever, what did you say, nine and a half, nine? nine and like half. That. Same thing as Buffalo, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yeah, this one is uh, interesting, you know, kind of like Aram was saying. It feels like, you know, Cowboys get Dak back. They're kind of fun in their stride. Giants maybe hot start cooling down a little. Uh, so uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys to, to cover the nine and a half here as well. As Stephen A says, how about them, Cowboys? I'll take Dallas <laughs> at home minus nine and a half. How are you, Aram? Oh. Man, this is this is a tough game. I think the Giants are going to play them well. I, I don't think they've played well in Thanksgiving. I remember they played the same matchup a couple of years ago, and they, it didn't turn out well. Did they win the game? I don't remember. But um, regardless, it should be a fun game. It's a tough one to predict because do I think the Cowboys are going to blow them out? No. Both of these teams, of forgot to mention this, both of these teams are 7-3 and three against the spread, so they're both oh, wow. pretty good. So that, that doesn't help any. Yeah, over under is 45 and a half. So, I mean, that doesn't help either. I mean, oh man, this is tough. I'll take Dallas to cover. They played so well last last week. I mean, they're really, really finding their their groove. And um, if Micah yeah, Parsons can make Daniel Jones look like a rag doll, I, I think they'll be fine. Over. Yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking about rag doll, the eight and two Minnesota Vikings after that terrible <laughs> loss at home. Will be hosting, and um, they're favored to win by two and a half. And uh, we do have an interesting jersey matchup. The Vikings will be rocking their color rush, and I didn't hear anything about the Patriots. I assume they're going to be rocking their all whites. If not, they're, they're probably just going to be wearing their normal, their, their normal yeah. jerseys, knowing check. Yeah, or or that. So um, I have a lot of thoughts on this one, but uh, we'll start with you guys, Parker. Two and a half for Minnesota at home. Yeah, I know uh, Matthew Judon leading the league in sacks. Uh, he's probably licking his chops uh, going up against um, whoever you said. Break Brandles or something. He's going to be break Bendles after his ankles are going to be bent. <laughs> Matthew Judon. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Patriots on the road in this one, uh, just based on the offensive line depth for Minnesota. Hmm. Yeah, uh, this one was tricky for me. Uh, 
I kind of want to fade primetime Kirk Cousins. So, uh, I think. And that too. I, I think I'll take. Uh, I, I thought the spread would honestly be larger for Minnesota. Um, so, this is the. I'll, you know what? I'll take the Patriots plus the two and a half. Um, I think since Bill Belichick's back in town, uh, I think everyone's a little nervous. Uh, Definitely some offensive woes coming off last week. Kind of hard to explain that one. Uh, I I mean, I thought the Jets played great, but still, I mean, only three points for the Patriots. I I think they'll definitely score more than more than three and and ten what they finished with. So, uh, yeah, I'll say New England uh, plus two and a half on the road. Sorry, Ron. How about you? No, I mean, I'm, I'm predicting the same thing. I kind of want to break the break it down a little bit. So Ooh, to, Tony down. Pollard, I, I don't know what his yards per carry was, but I'm sure it was up there. He was gashing every single play. And there's a sneaky player on uh, New England who has been playing pretty well after being injured. Um, that's Damian Harris. He's he runs Oh, so I thought you were talking about Ramondre Stevenson. No, Ramondre, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to give him credit too because he's really, really good, and he's been doing it for the entire year. But something really sneaky is they've been running the ball really effectively with Damian Harris. I think I saw his totals uh, last week. I think he was at six carries, but he was up to like 68 yards, something like that. He was gashing the good Jets defense. And after the Vikings got pummeled uh, on the ground, they were missing Dalvin Tomlinson. Eight right now. yards a carry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson, he's a big deal. And when he's not there, it's you can obviously see what's going on uh, with the run game. And he's questionable. He's going to be a game-time decision. So if he does, regardless if he plays or not, the Patriots will continue to try to run the ball because they have the tape from last week. I mean, Dallas, they kept running it, running it, running it, and we had no answer. The Patriots are known to scheme up teams like this. They know to look at their weakness and just attack it. I think Mac Jones will have a clean pocket. Um, the only way the Vikings win this game is if they have three, four, even five sacks in the game, if they make Mac Jones miserable, uh, because Mac Jones, he is known to kind of not play well under pressure and the Vikings didn't get a lot of pressure last week. So if he has a clean pocket, they can absolutely score points on the road and Damian Harris, um, he's going to run tough and that's, you get Ramondre Stevenson, um, as a leading back. I mean, that, those are two hard backs to tackle and to take them down. Um, I think they continue their success on the ground. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots on this one, and I'm not even, I haven't even talked about their defense. I think they're going to attack the weaknesses of the Vikings, which is obviously their offensive line, their left tackle. Derrissaw sustained another concussion and he won't be playing. Um, So there's going to be Blake Brandle, who's going to be on an island with Matthew Judon. It's not going to go well. Um, They may put up some points, but at the end of the day, um, I can just see the Patriots just stifling the Vikings offense pressuring Kirk Cousins, doubling Justin Jefferson, and um, kind of playing that box in front for Dalvin Cook. Um, I think the Patriots went handedly uh, on the road as much as I hate saying it. Uh, so I'm going to enjoy the first two games, but uh, at 7 o'clock, my expectations are going to go all the way down, and I'm just going to be grumpy the rest of the night. So uh, uh-huh. I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah, um, I don't want to eat. Uh, I don't know should I eat before the game? Because if I watch the Vikings and they make me throw up, I'll be pissed because I have a feeling they're going to make me puke. This <laughs> you puke. On the field. You should uh, eat it. That's all I got to say makes me want to puke. Okay. Um, all right. That's the Thanksgiving games guys. Um, we'll go on to the Sunday noon game, starting with the Buccaneers 
Uh, Tony, your team is back. There's no more buys, no buys this week. There are a couple of buys next week, but Buccaneers are back. They are on the road to face the Deshaun Watson-less um, Cleveland Browns for now. Uh, Tampa Bay favored to win by three and a half. Parker on the road. Yeah, I think I'm going to roll with um, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're playing real good um, thus far um, after having a few struggle-some weeks, uh, playing a lot better. And um, is Jacoby Brissett back, or is he – or not Jacoby Brissett, sorry. Josh, I was thinking of your favorite quarterback. Uh, is Deshaun Watson back? Nope. We can't say they're the Deshaun Watson-less Cleveland Browns for now. Deshaun Watson-less Cleveland Browns. I'm going to roll with Tampa Bay, then, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady's back. Um, Tom Brady, like I said in my franchise, he was playing till he was 45 years old, 47 years old, or something like that. So, uh, obviously, no Giselle, no problem. So, I'm rolling Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, I don't think the Bucks have been particularly great against the spread this season. They're like 3-6-1, and one, but the Browns aren't really much better either. Uh, I feel like it's always a smart decision to bet with uh, Tom Brady, and I get the Bet against Jacoby Brissett, so it's easy. I'm taking the Buccaneers to cover. Heck yeah. As Parker said, uh, Brady undefeated since him and Giselle have split. Uh, so I think that continues this week. Uh, again, just another uh, important thing is um, just stopping that uh, stopping that running game. I think that defensive line is really going to dictate um, how, how, how many points the Browns score and how effective they are on offense as well as it'll be a little bit cold, you know, Cleveland, but uh, I think, yeah, obviously Brady's used to this kind of weather, but um, I, I think, uh, I think they'll hold it down on the road. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take Tampa Bay my, uh, minus the three and a half. How about you, Ron? Yeah, I will too. They uh, get a chance to come back from some rest and I think they'll be rejuvenated. So I'm taking the bucks. Ooh. Um, next up, we have a rematch of, I think, the divisional matchup last year in the playoffs, the Bengals at Titans. Um, Bengals, yeah, Bengals favorite to win uh, by one and a half on the road, Parker. I don't know. Tennessee is playing really good right now, as well as Cincinnati. So this is a real tough game uh, to, to pick. Um, man, I, I'm going to have to go with the home underdog in this one to uh, plus one and a half. I think Tennessee gets a win at home. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a chance Jamar Chase returns this week. Uh, not 100% certain about that, but I seen uh, he was coming back to practice. I'm not sure about playing, but I heard he was coming back to practice. Right. So that could obviously be a huge piece for them. Uh, and like Parker said, you know they're they're they've been looking pretty good lately. Uh, this one's tough for me again because both of these teams they're also you know, two of the better teams in the league against the spread. I think the Titans are actually the best. Um, so know. it's – yeah, Titans are the best team against the spread in the league, and Bengals are tied for second best. So it's it's definitely tough, but I'll, I'll, I'll ride with the home underdogs in this one as well. So I'll take the Titans plus one and a half here. Definitely, yeah, uh, that, that Titans – at times that, that offense looks kind of yikes. Um, we saw the the very bad against Kansas City, but we've also seen the really good when they develop a running game. Obviously, Derrick Henry is arguably the best, if not, or you know, he's 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 right up there for one of the best, if not the best, running back in the league. Um, and I just I don't know that Bengals defense looks a little iffy, 
Um, allowed 30 points last week to uh, Pittsburgh. And I think we've all kind of been a little iffy on Pittsburgh, but uh, I think I'll take the Titans uh, as well as the home underdog plus one and a half. How about you, Ron? Yeah, me too. If Tannehill can play the way he did on the road last week, I mean, they're a good team and they have Mike Rabel to kind of get the defense right. I'm going to take them on uh, actually at home um, against the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. So um Moving on, we have the Dolphins <laughs> favorite to win by 13 at home against the Texans. Parker, do they cover that spread? Yeah, like we were mentioning, uh, Davis Mills looking like he should be working at a mill um, the way that he's <laughs> playing. Um, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins plus the 13 on the road. Uh, no stopping the Speed Brothers. Yeah, uh, this one. I don't know. The Dolphins are obviously, you know, coming off of a bye week here. So I feel like they have a lot of stuff lining up for them. But I'm almost inclined to take the Texans plus the 13 here just for the fact that, like, it doesn't seem like you see NFL teams losing by two touchdowns like that. Like, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a large spread for me. And so it's that's what's tricky for me. Uh in Miami, though. Uh, Houston lost by 13 last week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the Texans. So, 13 is a lot, man. I, I don't At know. Home. I'll, I'll, I'll put some faith in my team. I'll, I'll say the Dolphins cover, but that's a <laughs> tough spread. 13, that's hmm. – Davis Rose has 11 interceptions this year, just saying. Oh, my God. In 10 games. Crazy. Uh, yeah, again, this is kind of, as Josh put it, just right on the fringe of like, it's almost, it's like, it, maybe if it was 10 points, okay, but 13, that's a lot. Um, I'll take, uh, yeah, I'll I'll take the Texans plus, plus 10. Uh, I think the Dolphins get the win, but as Josh said, um, I don't know, it, it's, it just seems like that's kind of big. So it's, a I'll, lot. I'll, it's tough, yeah. It is. I'll, uh, again, I'll. Dolphins win, but I'll say Texans plus 10 and uh, – yeah, plus 10. Right. How about you, Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. No, sorry. I, I didn't mean to interject there. But, yeah, it's like – I don't know. Like I was saying earlier in the season, the Dolphins just couldn't really finish and put away teams when they needed to. A lot of one-score games there. Uh, and, and what really could have been or probably should have been, you know, uh, larger leads than what we had. So, like I said – a lot of one possession games makes it tough for me to say that they win by 13, but uh, I know the last time that you guys played, you guys dropped 39 on the, on the Browns. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like if they want to make a, a solid playoff push and try to, you know, get a good seed, you, you have to handle the, the games like this, you know, like you can consider talking about the worst team in the league here, Josh. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe I'm over overrating or overestimating the Texans a little. So, I mean, I'll stick with the Dolphins, but it's 13. They've won wild. one game this year, Josh. <laughs> it's any given Sunday, man. Any, I'm trying to set the set the bar low, you know, so it's, it's easy for them to impress me. <laughs> Ron, what you got here? Yeah. Josh, I feel like you, you're like 1% short to – 
taken uh, the Texans to cover the spread. But Parker is nailing you here. It was said in my mind I was taking the Texans plus 13 until I started talking out loud. I was like, you know what? I'll take the Dolphins to cover. I'm not. I'm gonna take. I'm, I'm gonna take the Texans to cover. I'm with. I'm with Tony here. I think. Um, it's. It's. Tough. I know. I know. It's a tough matchup, but I think the Texans, if they have something going for them, I mean, I guess they play defense pretty well at times. I mean, and the Dolphins are coming up, uh, coming from a bye, so who knows if they, I don't know, are a little sloppy coming back. But um, I, I just think it's gonna be a close game. We haven't seen many blowouts this year. Even that Panthers Ravens game, I expected it to be crazy. I don't remember what the spread was, but. Um, it ended up being a 13 to three game. So still close, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I'm going to to cover. That's true. They do have a good defense. Um, well, moving on, Parker, we have the Bears traveling to New York to face the Jets. Um, don't know if we'll have fields here right now. The line is Jets uh, minus four and a half at home. Well, nevertheless, um, I will take be taking the Jets to win this game. Um you know, I really want to take the Bears, but I just feel like we're just going to go on this theme of, of playing really good and losing because, you know, we've been looking really good doing that. We've been looking really good um, just playing some games, playing some good games, and then losing them at the end. So it's it's been nice to, to see that. I really hope that we bench Fields, too. If, if Fields doesn't play, I think we can all know that the dogless – the dogless Wilson-led Jets are gonna are gonna win this game. Interesting. Uh, I saw I read earlier today that there were reports that Justin Fields was trying to issue apologies to the to the yeah, team he was. the game. The total opposite <laughs> of Zach Wilson. Uh, True. Right. Oh my god. Uh, which is kind of funny. Wait, uh, isn't that crazy? Like, just imagine if Fields was like you know, could have been drafted by the Jets or, like, they have that opportunity to draft him or something like that? Like, wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, again, this could just be Redditors making stuff up, but apparently, you know, I've heard that, like, the defense, like, stopped him. They're like, nah, bro, like, mm-hmm. you ain't even got to apologize like that. Like, it's – so, I don't it know. It was actually know. reported by, by Albert Breer, so that's, like, a pretty big um, mm. um, source. Nice. So apparently the the culture in in Chicago is looking pretty pretty solid. Do, who who is the backup quarterback for the Bears? Trevor Simeon. That's a name I feel like I haven't heard in a little bit. Um, yeah. Interesting. And I heard that uh, Sala said that they're not set on uh, Zach Wilson this week. Yeah, so, it, it, we could have a nice old. Uh, uh, Simeon versus Flacco matchup, baby. <laughs> or, or Mike White. I think Flacco is a healthy scratch a week or two ago. So it's like what? I, it might I would be Mike think, White. Yeah. I, I would think Flacco, no. but it's got to be Flacco. They can't I, roll Mike White out there. I would think so, but we'll see. Either way, this could be a battle of backup quarterbacks. Uh, I'll I'll take the Jets minus four and a half. But when I don't know either team's starting quarterbacks, I could say this with zero confidence. So, right. Tony, what are yeah, you uh, Definitely. I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. Uh, it Really, it seems like everything's kind of up in the air right now. Um, maybe, hopefully, by like Thursday or Friday, we'll get a little bit more news as to who's officially, it looks like, going to be starting. Or maybe they'll 
they'll pull a, a Bo Nix and literally be a game time decision at the kickoff. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'll take the Jets minus four and a half at home. I just don't really trust the Bears. Uh, I, I just be knowing Fields though, he's gonna want to play, but just it's just uh, it, it makes me upset. Just knowing that he that he's gonna want to play. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think he should play. And I, I kind of want to look at the Jets um, because the Bears, they'll be deciding who to play at quarterback. But the Jets, I think regardless of who's, who plays, they're 6-4. and four. They have a real shot at making the playoffs. If you lose this game, I mean, yeah. you can almost call it at this point because I don't know. I mean, mathematically, you can't call it. But, I mean, just think about it. If they lose at home uh, to a team with a backup quarterback or, or fields, I mean, I'm not saying fields is bad or anything, but they got to win this game. They have to win this game. What happened? Parker, are you, are you upset yeah, at my comments? No, 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 no. You he just said, said, he said Justin you said Fields so I just had to make sure to go to war for his quarterback. No, no, no. Start over here about something. He is the best quarterback in the NFC North. I'll give you that. All right. The Bears, the Bears defense sucks, too, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean they lost a lot of pieces. They're getting they're getting some diamonds in the rough there, but um, they're ultimately rebuilding that defense. Um, and just the Jets, I feel like they're ready to win, and they got to win this game. And I'll take them at home. But it, it would to be a classic move for the uh, the Jets to lose this one after such. Literally, a- I mean, I was thinking today. I mean, if if the Bears can put, I think the Khalil Herbert injury kind of hurts them a little bit. But I think if they could put a solid game together, I mean. The Jets, they don't score that many points. I mean, if we could score even 20 points in this game, I, I mean, it would be hard to say that the Bears lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bears could definitely do it. It, it, it. I'm just on the Jets here. Like, they're 6-4. and four. You got to win this game. You shouldn't have lost last game. There's so many other games that Zach Wilson played this year that they should have won. I mean, they're going to be looking back at it. They had so many games to win, and they're just blowing it. But I mean, we're talking how season. many games into the season. Zach Wilson, I know he didn't play. He has four touchdown passes. I think they also measured the yards per carry at like two yards, or I think even oh, I don't, I don't know if that was right. They said two inches, 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 inches. They said two inches per play in the second half of that game. That makes me crumble in my like. Oh my god! You can do a QB sneak every play and get more yards than that. Just right up the middle. That's incredible. That's incredible. But yeah, I mean, I'll take them to win, but they're the Jets, but. Uh, we'll see what happens. Should be interesting, uh, nonetheless. But the Falcons, they are going to be traveling to Washington. Actually, a good game, technically. Um, they're both in the playoff hunt. Uh, Washington favored to win by four at home, Parker. Yeah, Washington playing very solid. Uh, um, Atlanta's playing pretty good, too. Um, Atlanta's kind of squeaked by against, uh, you know, kind of a shaky Bears team. Uh, I'm going to take Washington. Back. Especially if they get the, the Mr. Predator back. I mean, they're going to freaking – they're going to be tearing teams down. So I'll take I'll take the Washington Commanders, especially. Let me uh, uh, point this out as well. My boy, Mister Twenty One, Sean Taylor, getting a statue put in front of um, that wretched old FedEx Field Stadium. So that's it'll so be a nice little diamond in front of a nasty stadium. But you know that's okay. That's okay, I guess. And I just want to say this is a public message for the brother of one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, this goes out to you, Jackson. If you go anywhere near that dang statue, that Washington Commanders squad is going to take you out. Amen. 
You guys, do you remember last year when he took a TikTok and he stood all over the 21 that they had on the sideline? That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So this is – I'm saying if he's anywhere near – I know they don't play the, the Chiefs, but if he even flies to Washington, D.C. All <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll take the commanders as well in this one. Uh um, I'm on the Heineke hype train, I guess. So uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> ride with them. I'm finally off the the Falcons uh, wagon. They're they're six and zero start against the spread. Fell to seven and four. So uh, yeah. So I'll take the Commanders at home here. You know, not gonna lie, Parker. I was gonna mention the the Mahomes thing as well. Uh, but I'll just I'll let I'll let you say what you said. Uh, I'll take the Commanders as well, minus four at home. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I'm there as well. It's going to be emotional for them, but uh, they'll have to find a way to get a win at home uh, for Shawnee Boy. Um, moving on, we can we skip this game um, or just go really quickly? Broncos at Panthers. Broncos favorite to win on the road by two and a half, Parker. I'll take the Panthers. I'm also home. taking the Panthers at home in this one. Sam Darnold announces his starter this week. Yep. True. Yep. The the Panthers will score 19 points and win 19 to 17. Panthers <laughs> minus two and a half. How about you? I home? like that. I am taking the Denver. Oh, this one. They can get it done. Russell Wilson, come on, just come on. That's all I'm gonna say. Come on. Uh, moving come on. on. The <laughs> come on. The Ravens traveling to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. Um, on the road, they have favored to win by four points. Parker. Jacksonville playing pretty all right this year. Baltimore, they're pretty all right too. I'm gonna take, um, I mean, not by the record, I guess three and seven, but I'll take the uh, Baltimore Ravens on the road uh, minus the four. Um, That's what it is. Yep, I'm with Parker on this one. I like the Ravens uh, minus four on the road. Definitely. Also, I just want to note, I'm, I made a miscorrect on the last game. I said Panthers minus two and a half. I meant Panthers plus two and a half. I'm just, just so you're clear, Rom. Okay. Uh, yes, I. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Parker and uh, Josh. I'll pick the Ravens as well. I just have a little bit shaky uh, last week, um, but uh, yeah, I, I trust the Ravens a lot more, so I'll take the Ravens minus four. How about you? Yeah, Baltimore. They struggled against the Panthers, and I don't know, Parker. You kind of said it. But yeah, the Panthers do. They have a good defense, but I mean, Lamar is kind of kind of going down a cliff here. It's time for him to kind of bounce back and play the Lamar style that we all know. It doesn't have a lot of wide receivers to work with that are healthy, but um, I think he can get it done on the road. I'm taking Baltimore. Um, moving on, we are starting the 3 o'clock games now, the LA Chargers traveling to the Cardinals um, to face uh, to face the Cardinals, um, and the Chargers are favored to win by four and a half on the road. Another fact about this game, uh, Kyler Murray hasn't played a game since Call of Duty came out. So I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers as well. I, I, at this point, I just kind of feel like Cliff is, is losing the team if he hasn't lost, lost them already. I, I think he's lost them. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers in this one. Agreed. I'll take the Chargers as well, minus four and a half. How about you, Rom? Yeah, I'm there with you. I agree with you, Josh. It's going to be interesting to watch their hard knocks. I'll tune into it whenever I can, but uh, I'll report back to see if uh, they had something interesting within the locker room that I can uh, report. But uh, yeah, it's just completely lost for them. Um, I'm taking the Chargers. 
Um, moving on, we have the Raiders visiting the Seattle Seahawks coming off of a bye. Um, they are three and a half point favorites at home, Parker, against the Raiders. That Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders, uh, they've been stinking it up. If they didn't have Devontae Adams on their team, I don't know what they would be doing. Um, Derek Carr looking like a complete statue back there. Uh, I'll take the Seahawks at home in this one. I also like the uh, like the Seahawks here. I I don't know. Like I don't, I feel like I remember hearing Derek Carr used to be like a solid fantasy quarterback. You know, like he he would air it out, and I always thought that he was kind of underrated. And I haven't watched any Raiders games this year, so I don't know. But like to hear about how he's regressed, I don't know if it's offensive scheme or what. But hard fall from grace for them, even after the addition of the best one of the best receivers in the nfl so i don't know but i'll, I'll take the seahawks here definitely that's an interesting uh thing that you said there josh uh makes me reminds me uh when we talked about uh derek uh in the preseason when we kind of had our like preseason things i think one of the questions was is derek carr gonna win a uh like a passing title um, so it's kind of interesting that we, uh, we now we're in this this far into the season and he's, as you mentioned, kind of struggling a little bit. Uh, but yeah, anyways, back to the game. I'll, I'll uh, take the Seahawks as well, minus three and a half at home. How about you, Ron? Yeah, a couple notes on Derek Carr. Josh, just based off of what I see watching him, he is a statue, like you said. And when he faces pressure, kind of like the Kirk Cousins, you just he can't move, can't get out of there. Um, so he needs a tremendous pocket to deliver throws. And even, even then he makes weird decisions. So he has taken a step back, although he has had good games this year, good performances. I think overall he has taken a step back because of those uh, just weird mechanics. And it's kind of shocking to me because they have Josh McDaniels calling the plays and he, he's so good with quarterbacks. So um, I don't know. I don't know the full story, but uh, that's just how I see it. Um, I'm taking the, the Seahawks at home. Uh, they should uh, perform well, hopefully at home for them. Um, next up, we have the Rams traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs, 14 and a half point favorites. The Chiefs are at home, Parker. Yeah, this one, uh, uh, a huge point differential as well. But um, I think that the Rams, if, if they don't, I mean, even if they do have Stafford, they don't have Cup. Um, they just released a running back from their team. Because um, Stafford is in concussion protocol, I doubt he plays. Um, I, I, I'm going to take the Chiefs to just kind of train roll this team. Yeah, I am feel like I'm hearing rumors or at least, you know, people are thinking they should just shut Stafford down the rest of the year. You know, like you're not in contention for anything. Right. Just save him, I guess. So, uh, interesting. Again, similar to the Dolphins game, you're looking at like a two-touchdown spread here. It's it's hard for me to confidently say that I think one team beats the other that bad, but the Rams are probably without their starting quarterback and without their best receiver. Uh, I'll I'll take the Chiefs minus the fourteen and a half here. Don't don't love it because how big it is, but I'll take the Chiefs. Definitely an interesting spread. Um, as we talked about, the Rams kind of are very prideful on defense. It's one of their main points that they kind of built themselves on and one of the reasons why they won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so, again, kind of, yeah, that 14 and a half does look kind of like, ugh. Um, but it's the Chiefs, uh, everything from – well, considering, you know, everything, they only won by, I think, three uh, this past weekend, despite I was talking about how great they were. Um, but – I think with the Chiefs at home, and as you mentioned, the, the Stafford 
doubtful. I, I think the, the Chiefs cover the 14 and a half. How about you, Ron? Yeah, I just don't think the Rams have enough to, to produce any points. And the Chiefs, even if they struggle, they'll find a way to put points up on the board. And I think they'll cover it. Um, moving on, another interesting one here. The four and seven Saints traveled to San Francisco to take on the six and four 49ers. And the 49ers, they just updated the line there. Favorite to win by nine now, Parker at home. Yeah, I'm taking the 49ers at home to win. Uh, shout out Chris Olave, though, top 10 in receiving as a rookie. So good for him. Yeah, Olave has been great for my fantasy team this year. Uh, I'll I'll take the 49ers. Uh, I think that you know I know I know I mentioned a couple weeks ago their defense looked Super Bowl caliber. I think that their offense is kind of starting to, I guess, find their identity gel a little bit since the McCaffrey trade. So uh, I'll take the 49ers to cover here. Yes, as Parker mentioned, uh, Olave's been a, a huge spotlight in that Nolens offense, and uh, it's great to see. But, again, uh, yeah, I just think uh, it's going to be tough for them with all those weapons for the 49ers. So I'll take the 49ers minus nine as well. How about you, Ron? Yeah, me too. They have, uh, just like we talked about, they have a ton of good weapons. The Saints are kind of ailing on defense, so I, I want to take the 49ers here at home to cover. Um Moving on, we have Sunday Night Football. The Packers, 4-7, and seven, are traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, who are 9-1 and are seven-point favorites at home, Parker. This is a tough one because of the way that the Eagles have been playing the last uh, few weeks. Um, the Green Bay Packers have been playing rather good, I guess, competitive at least. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles to cover. Um, I, I don't know. I just the, the Packers just seem like – they just aren't there this year. Yeah, I'm honestly kind of surprised with some of the, the Packers' struggles that the spread isn't larger. I guess, granted, you know, the Eagles' struggles are struggles. Their one loss is fairly recent. Um, I'll – yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Eagles at home minus seven here. Definitely interesting. Agreed. Uh, kind of going off of what you guys both said, it's it's an interesting uh, number. Um, it's kind of iffy, I guess, just because as as we talked about, the Eagles uh, not playing up to form as they had in their prior uh, seven games or, or eight games, excuse me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll take the Eagles minus seven. Also at home, I just think they got too many weapons. How about you, Rom? Me too. I think for the last three, four, five, six games, we've all taken uh, the cover for uh, uh, the team that's projected to win six straight times. So um, I'm going to take the Eagles and moving on. <laughs> we have, I thought this would be an interesting matchup, I guess, in the beginning of the year, but now it's kind of eh. four and six Indianapolis or four, six and one Indianapolis facing the three and seven Steelers and the Colts have ever to win by two and a half at home. Monday Night Football, Parker. I wish they could have flexed this game out for the Cincinnati and Tennessee. Cincinnati or Tennessee game, I guess. Yeah, geez. There's just not, I guess there's just not that many good games this week. Um, I'll take the, I don't know, Kenny Pickett is, I don't know, man. He doesn't look, he looks kind of lost out there at times. Um, Finally got a uh, touchdown over uh, eight yards uh, last Sunday when they played. So good for the Steelers. Um, I'm going to take the Jeff 
uh, Sunday led Colts to cover the two and a half points. Uh, if the Colts would have beat the Eagles, man, like right, yeah. the Jeff Saturday hype would be oh, on man. another level. Um, oh, oof. I feel like the Colts is like what my brain is telling me, but I'll I'll go with the Steelers in this one. You know, the Steel they they just managed to hang thirty on a division rival. Uh, I'll I'll take the Steelers plus two and a half on the road here. And I have realized that with that pick, I've chose 12 out of 16 favorites this week. So heavy on the favorites this week, I guess. Nice. Yeah, I was pretty hyped uh, to see that, that footage earlier uh, on Sunday pregame. Uh, Jeff Saturday doing those those knuckle push-ups. That was pretty, uh, pretty bad. Uh, that isn't cool. But uh, – I think I'll, I'll take the Colts at home. I just, as Parker kind of said, uh, the Steelers offense looks a little, um, at least to me, it looks kind of iffy at times. So I'll take the Colts and the Jonathan Taylor led offense. Hopefully for Rom, he busts out, but uh, Colts by uh, by two and a half. How about you, Rom? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the Steelers will play this game kind of tough. Uh Will they win? I don't know. I think the Colts are still kind of in contention of making a playoff run, hopefully, um, for my sake, for Jonathan Taylor. But uh, I think they'll win this game at home. Um, they, they really got it. Otherwise, their season could be over very quickly here. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for, what is this, week uh, week 12. So, um, with that being said, uh, Josh, you can take it, away, take it away with your fantasy outlook. All right, sweet. So, uh, getting into the recap from last week, uh, for the quarterback standouts, uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, third best quarterback. <clears throat> the Browns haven't necessarily been winning, but their offense has been putting up points. And from a fantasy perspective, uh, Brissett's actually, I feel like I've been saying his name a lot in, uh, in these uh, weekly recaps. Um, Jimmy G was the fourth ranked quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jones was fifth and Andy Dalton was eighth. So some uh, names I don't feel like we hear too often in the top 10 this week. Uh, at running back, the best ranked running back, Tony Pollard. Uh, sorry, Rob, you're going to hear a lot of Cowboys in the uh, studs and uh, a lot of Vikings in the duds. So uh, Samaje Perrine was the second best ranked running back this week. He did a great job filling in for Joe Mixon uh, when Mixon had the concussion. Najee Harris was third. I think that was a bit of a surprise. I just mentioned that I thought that he was going to start splitting snaps a little more, and then he does that. Uh, Jamal Williams at five. Uh, Parker's guy Monty was sixth. Uh, Josh Jacobs was seventh. And then Devin Singletary, uh, you know, a running back on a good offense, uh, but we haven't heard him a lot. He was tied for ninth with Zeke, actually. Um, so uh, Singletary, you know, Bill's in a very pass-heavy offense. Uh, Singletary was able to have a good week. Looking at some of the wide receivers, uh, Amari Cooper was number two on the week. Uh, Josh Palmer with the Chargers was actually three. Uh, T. Higgins was four. Debo Samuel was five. Uh, here's a name for you. Demarcus Robinson was the sixth ranked with the Ravens. Um, nice. Olave was in the top 10 this past week, uh, as well as uh, Christian Watson. 
and Wandale Robinson. Uh, that's a guy that I was big on as far as potential. Uh, and then he got hurt. So uh, unfortunate set of events for him. But then uh, how about Greg Dorch? Interesting situation. Rondell Moore hurt on like the first play of the game. Uh, Greg Dorch comes in as his replacement, has 19 fantasy points. And then again, uh, Traylon Burks, I think I've said his name a few times. Pretty sure he's the wide receiver one in Tennessee. 18 points for him. Uh, looking at tight end, one and two, Kelsey Kittle. No surprises there. But uh, aside from them, you had Austin Hooper with the Titans, who was third. Uh, Dawson Knox was fifth. Uh, Jawan Johnson, sixth. And then Logan Thomas, uh, he was eighth. And then uh, another interesting name, or a surprise name, Jonu Smith with the Pats. He was tied for ninth with uh, Higby. Uh, I actually do have a few other notables this week for the studs. Uh, we had four defenses with 15 fantasy points or more. The commander's defense was actually the number one on the week with 21. The Patriots had 17 and then 16 points for the Cowboys and the Ravens. And then for kickers, Tyler Bass and Brett Mayer both had over 20 points, which is kind of crazy for uh, for some kickers. So uh, now for the, the duds from past week. Number one, uh, Kirk Cousins, the guy that I started <laughs> in my main league. 2.2 uh, <laughs> fantasy points. Oh, no. He, it took him until basically halftime to even be in the positive after that early strip sack. Uh, Baker Mayfield <laughs> only had five points. Zach Wilson had five points. Uh, Jared Goff had 6.5 fantasy points, which I thought was a surprise because – the Lions had 31 points. Um, Josh Allen, by his standards, I would say, for a guy averaging 24, he only put up 12, half his average. Uh, and then I, I threw Lamar in here because he put up 15 and he's averaging 21. But if you really take out the first three weeks of his season, he's he's been fairly mediocre, even though he is like considered a, a top 10 quarterback. Uh, as far as running backs, uh, Avery Williams with the Falcons and Naheem Hines with uh, Buffalo, they were the only two running backs with negative points. Um, I threw out Rex Burkhead. I know he he was kind of replaced by Damian Pierce, uh, but the fact that he had such little of a workload is why I think that you should keep an eye on Eno Benjamin now that the, the Texans picked him up. Uh, and then – Speaking of Damian Pierce, he himself only had 3.7, so a low week for him. Uh, Saquon Barkley only had five points. Uh, Dalvin Cook put up half of his average. He had seven, averages 14. Similar to uh, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb averages uh, 18, only had nine. Uh, going into the wide receivers, like I said, uh, Rondell Moore, I know he got hurt on like the first play of the game, but he technically did have negative points. So Rondell Moore and Steven Sims. Uh, MVS of the Chiefs, he only had 2.8. Uh, Chase Claypool only had 3.1. I thought he would be like a wide receiver one for the Bears, but I think I saw today he's he's got five receptions for 35 yards through, I think, three games with the Bears. So not the production that I was expecting out of him. I did want to ask Parker. I thought Claypool would show up and immediately be 
wide receiver one. Is he still like? Is he number two behind uh behind Mooney? It's kind of a weird situation, honestly. He plays like half of the offensive snaps. I, I know they're trying to get him like quote unquote acclimated into the offense still. So I don't know what kind of comprehensive things are going on in Chicago, but um for some reason we can't get him onto the field and can't get him the ball in open space but we can throw the ball to equinemius st brown a few times but not him i guess is that concerning for you parker uh not really uh honestly this uh, like this year it's if if we can in in three games, if he's, you know, catching five passes a game and he's looking decent, then I'm going to look – no one's going to remember the three games that he caught five passes. You know, if, if if he can look good by the season end, if he can become acclimated, we have seven games left, eight games left, something like that. If, if he can look good – if he can look acclimated in five of those games, I'll be happy. Nice. Yeah, so. that's fair. Uh, I do think Equinemy St. Brown actually had more fantasy points this past week, uh, which I thought was was interesting. But uh, other duds, uh, Justin Jefferson only had six points. And then uh, CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown, they're both top ten receivers. Both had less than ten points. And then for tight ends, I've got uh, Bob Tunyon, David Njoku, and Tyler Conklin. They all had less than four points. And then I have some other notables for the for the letdowns as well. Uh, so we had four defenses with 15 or more points. We had five defenses with negative points. Uh, <laughs> worst on the week, the Vikings minus eight. Uh, the Cardinals had negative four. The Chargers had negative three. The Broncos had negative two. And the Giants had negative one. And on top of the five defenses with negative points, we had three defenses with zero points, that being the Bengals, Steelers, and Browns. So uh, something about that division, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. uh, interesting that we had eight defenses last week that basically had zero or negative points. Um, so going into my predictions for this week, uh, as far as studs, I like Gino this week. He is 80% rostered, but I think it's worth the, worth the shot to check. Uh, as well as Haneke, just based off matchup. Uh, and if you have to, this kind of happened to me. Uh, I kind of like Matt Ryan uh, this week as a streaming option. Uh, Davis Mills and Bryce Perkins, I think he's Stafford's backup. Uh, they all have similar ranked matchups, but of those, I'm obviously taking Matt Ryan. Um for running backs, uh, I, I have Isaiah Pacheco listed for the Chiefs. Uh, like I said, the Chiefs' backfield is – it's a tricky one. Uh, Clyde edwards Hilaire is pretty much not getting much work at this point. Uh, and McKinnon still has value, it seems like, as a receiving back. Uh, Pacheco is getting most of the rushing attempts, though, for them at this point. So, I think – it's a tricky backfield, but, uh, you know, something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, really like Jeff Wilson Jr. this week. Again, he's rostered around 80%, but he's showed up in Miami and been a huge one-two punch with most of for us. Uh, I like Latavius Murray uh, now that the Broncos have gotten rid of Melvin, uh, Melvin Gordon. And I think Chase Edmonds got injured, so 
it feels like it opens up the way for him to be a clear RB1 for them. Uh, I like Rashad White this week, along with uh, Damian Harris. I know Ron mentioned him earlier. And uh, Gus Edwards with the Ravens is the guy. The Ravens are like the Chiefs with a tricky backfield, but uh, I'd keep an eye on Gus's injury report this week. So uh, receiver studs, I have Paris Campbell listed along with Zay Jones. Uh, I hate that I'm almost saying this one, but Allen Robinson, uh, he has a favorable matchup this week. And then uh, Demarcus Robinson, I think he is or will be the wide receiver one with the Ravens as long as Rashad Bateman is out. So, uh, you know, we we saw how good he could be last week. Uh, He led the team in receptions, uh, yards, and targets, even with Mark Andrews playing. So I definitely think he could be a, a, a huge target on the waiver wire. As far as tight ends this week, I've got Njoku and Dawson Knox, along with Foster Morrow of the uh, Raiders. And then uh, if you if those guys aren't available, uh, Noah Fant or Logan Thomas. And then so for the, the only other notable I have is uh, I think it's worth keeping an eye on Jamar Chase. If you have him and he's playing, I think he's an absolute must start. Most of the time I'm kind of iffy on guys coming back from injury, but I Jamar Chase is just different. Uh, going into some of my dud prediction, predictions for the week, uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Philly. We know that offense has had its struggles. Uh, wait, Aron, did you raise your hand? I did. I wanted to interject real quick. Um, Go for you're talking it. about – the, the Chiefs' backfield, um, Clyde Edwards is there. I think he's out for four weeks, or I think he's out for a couple weeks at least. So I think that backfield is a little bit more determined. Pacheco gets the early downs, and Jarek McKinnon could get the passing down. So good, uh, in my opinion, two good options if you are in need of options for running back three or flex. Right, which, to be fair, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was seeing a lot less of the workload even when healthy. Exactly. So yeah. I think the injury, I don't know if it does much. He was kind of getting phased out either way. But uh so yeah, uh back to my quarterback duds for the week. Aaron Rodgers versus Philly, uh Daniel Jones versus the Cowboys. Uh <laughs> primetime Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I'm not sold on him. Uh and then uh, funny enough, I listed PJ Walker slash Baker Mayfield versus the Broncos, and it's neither of them. So, uh, maybe <laughs> pump the brakes on Sam Darnold. I didn't know that. I, that that's literally news that broke today. So, either way, Broncos aren't a favorable uh, uh, matchup. Uh, as far as running backs, uh, if you have Kareem Hunt, I think him along with Damian Harris are probably two of the best RB twos. You can argue that. Damian Harris or Ramondre, whatever. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I think, is one of the best RB2s in the league, but I, I think I would stream him this week. Um, and then uh, Tyler Allgaier with the Falcons, not sold on him. And I think a lot of people are going to buy into the Samaje Perrine hype train uh, because of his performance with Mixon out. Uh, Mixon, I believe, is in concussion protocol. Uh, I personally don't expect him to repeat uh, last week's performance for wide receivers. Uh, I have DJ Moore. I'm surprised by the fact that he's 95% rostered. I think a lot of people are stuck on where they drafted him and they feel like they have to get their value. And so they're just holding him at this point. And then this week down on Garrett Wilson, that that's a tricky situation. We talked about not even knowing the quarterback. And then if I had Deontay Johnson of the Steelers, I think I might would also consider uh, subbing him this week against that Colts defense. 
Uh, as far as tight ends, I've got uh, Jawan Johnson and Tyler Conklin and then uh, Buccaneers tight ends. I think they have like a top five toughest matchup for tight ends this week. So uh, whether it's K-Dot or Cameron Brate, I'm a little lower on them this week. But uh, that's – sorry, it was a little long-winded, uh, so I'll apologize. But that's that's all I got for this week. No, no, that's uh, some good stuff. I wanted to mention real quickly, so that Rondell Moore situation, you got negative, what, 0.6 or something like that? Um, yeah. I heard a story. I don't know if you saw the retweet from Field Yates, but he was basically talking to somebody that started Rondell Moore over – um having him bench to win the week because he was up by I think one point or something like that played Rondell Moore got injured had negative 0.6 and lost the week because of that which is insane I know last year in the playoffs um one of the guys in my league he was up by like five points and his defense was the only only like player left and it's like not even worth losing points with the defense just just bench them for the for the week you know which i think it's smart at least especially in playoffs you know regular right. season i might let it ride but playoffs yeah i'd, I'd do it yeah i'd be the try hard and i'd bench him so um perfect well we got thanksgiving guys three games on the slate i hope you guys all enjoy it um, oh, Ram, I just want to throw something out there real quick. Um, I don't yeah. know if you probably are sick of talking about Minnesota, but Minnesota, the only eight and two team in the history of the league to have a negative point differential this season. Yeah, that 40, po- that 40 points hurt the point differential. And even <laughs> before that 40 points, it was it was not good, that point differential. So well, I think they were uh, they were up. They were up by 35 going into the week or something like that. And with the 40 on them or something like that, they're like negative five now or something. I think they were 37, 33 up, and now they're negative five. You don't see that a lot with, yeah, with eight and two teams. It kind of speaks on when the Vikings get their points in the beginning of games and then in the end of games, nothing in in between. A lot of of (laughs) close games and and a bad blowout will do that. Yeah, they're a good team, not a great team, and I'm just keeping my expectations low. Because you just look at the 49ers, I mean, miles, miles better. Yeah, and they have a worse record. So, I mean, I guess that's just the NFL for you. So, uh, Parker, real quickly, favorite Thanksgiving dish? Well, I don't really eat meat or dairy, so it's kind of tough for me. But um, What do you want to consume on Thanksgiving? Good old-fashioned mashed potatoes. I was gonna say, I like I, dude, I'm simple. I love some some good mashed potatoes. I like the mash. What about you, Tony? Some good taters, those uh, those crescent rolls with a little butter in them. I like, I love those. So yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm I'm all about the mashed potatoes. So hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, thank all you very right. much for watching and listening the Thanksgiving version of the Yeah Guys podcast. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving.